up on the first season of From in order to start covering the second season week to week. So in order to do that, we already have four episodes on this feed. This is episode five of the first season, entitled Silhouettes. From, of course, can be found on MGM+, Plus, in which you can get on either MGM+, Plus or you can get it through Amazon Prime. The episode starts with Nathan feeding the goats. A woman runs up and says that Sarah has been taken to the clinic. Christy sits with Sarah at the clinic and asks her to stay the night for observation. Sarah asks that if Nathan comes by, Christy tells him that she is sleeping. Boyd enters the clinic and talks to Christy, and she says that Sarah claims to not have had seizures before. Boyd says that maybe there is a physical reaction to this place since Ethan and Sarah both had seizures now. Christy notices that Boyd's hand is shaking, and she asks him to come by tomorrow, but... He says there's no need, because he already knows what it is. Christy tells him that Sarah doesn't want to see Nathan, so Boyd decides to take care of it. This, of course, is coming off the heels of episode 4, in which Sarah had a vision that the words killed the boy were on her arm, and then she proceeded to have a seizure. So, obviously, this is the second person that has had a seizure since starting here, and Boyd's thing is different, and we'll get to that. Boyd stops Nathan and tells him that Sarah is sleeping. Boyd asks if anything else is going on, but tells Nathan to go back home as it's Christy's first night back since the death that took place there. It's a convenient enough lie, and obviously Christy probably not doing too well with her first night being back there. Uh, As we know, um, the father of Kenny wound up getting killed after Sarah left the door open, and Gina who was the helper of Christy, also was killed. Ethan asks his mother if Sarah will be okay. Jim says that Christy is taking care of her, just like she helped Ethan. Jim hands out markers and says they're going to figure this out. He says they need to ask every question they don't have an answer to. And he proceeds to write on the wall, Where are we? There's not a lot of good looks at this wall on a lot of the questions that they put up, but I will see what I can do about getting them, but obviously we have this one, and then at the end of the episode we have a second one that are the kind of the big main ones. Nathan is sitting at home with Sarah's bloody dress as we go into the intro. It's almost dark in Fromville. Sarah starts going through drawers in the clinic and finds a scalpel. She remembers the words in her arms, kill the boy, and Christy walks in. She offers her some tea, and Sarah says that her and Kenny make a cute couple. Chrissy says that she has somebody at home and admits that she is a lesbian. Marielle is her name, and Sarah says she was with somebody, but it's better that he isn't around anymore. Sarah asks if there is something Christy could do to see Marielle again. Would she do it, even if it's something bad? Sarah asks, doing one bad thing, 
and everyone gets to go home, who would you do it? Tracy says, well, speaking hypothetically, sure. Which is enough for Sarah, but you didn't mention the bad thing. And you seem to intentionally twist this question in order to get the answer you wanted. Like, if you were to say, hey, Christy, would you murder a small child in order for us to get all out of here? The answer is probably going to be a little bit different with that information at hand. But instead, Sarah is just looking for somebody to tell her it's okay to kill Ethan, which is not at all what Christy is saying. She probably is thinking in her head like, oh, if it was, you know, like if I had to steal something or if I had to lie to somebody or something like that. She's not thinking, oh, if I could kill somebody and we'd get out of here, but I'd do it. Jim, Ethan, and Tabitha have written all over the wall everything that they know about the town, including a drawing of the highway that they came in on. Tabitha asks if Jim has figured it out, and Jim says, the answer is 12. He seems to want to go through it again, and he says that everyone enters from different parts of the country, from different roads. They all see a tree and a flock of crows. Jim says something is missing from their information. And Tabitha says there is a question they have yet to ask. Jim hands her a marker, but she says no. The question is too crazy, and she doesn't want to know the answer. So now, I feel like this is a bit of a wink to the from viewers and the different Reddits and the Facebook accounts and podcasts and things like that, questioning everything that they know about the, the city and everybody that's in it and why they're even there. So with them kind of going here where Tabitha is going to ask the question by the end of this episode of did they survive the crash? And I guess that has been a question thrown out there before. Is, is this purgatory? Is, is everybody here dead? And they all had something happen to them before they got there. But I would say the fact that we're kind of bringing it up in the episode here would probably tell you, like, you're barking up the wrong tree if you think that everybody is dead. I don't think it's that case. I don't want it to be that case. I would... I'm totally cool with there being supernatural elements to it. I'm totally cool with it being, you know, something other than just somebody's dreaming or everybody's dead. Because that, to me, is kind of played out. Christy lets Sarah outside in the morning and she tells Sarah to come back anytime. Nathan walks up to her, and he says that they need to talk. She explains that he was fine one minute, and on the floor the next. She needs to get to the diner to work, though. I don't know that they really explain too much about Sarah and Nathan's relationship. Sarah's talking about being together with some guy, which I don't think is her brother. Um, but there seems to be like a lot more of the story there than what we're just getting on here. And I'd like to know more about it because I would like to know a little bit more about Sarah's motivations and why she's the way she is. Julie is writing a list when Fatima enters. Julie says it's a list of everybody who are wondering where the Matthews family went. Fatima admits that she made one as well, and so did everybody else there. Julie's list is her friends and grandparents, and Fatima asks if she has a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Julie says no, nobody like that. And Fatima says that they need to have some fun and get out of the house. 
So she grabs Alice and says that Julia's making a list, so it's time that they show her the Brundles. Don't know what that is yet? We'll find them in a second. Jade walks past the gas station, where Trudy stops him, asking why he is carrying a radio around. She says he's even cuter when he is awake. And it's, it's too bad that he chose the town, because she totally would have read him like an alabaster dragon. Interesting. At least she's, you know, out there with what she wants. And I mean, who's got to stop you at this point from saying that she want to have sex with somebody? I like... So the cold question on the top is, when you look at it, it looks straight out of the 60s or the 50s. And you have a motel, you have a school, you have a post office, you don't have a police station, and you have a gas station. And the fact that they've taken the things that are not important anymore, like, okay, there's no mail service, so we're going to turn the post office into a police station, because it makes a lot more sense. Nobody's driving around, really, other than the one car from Colony House and back, which they only seem to use when new arrivals come up. So turn the gas station into a bar, which you can still use it as a gas station because the pumps are out there and they're working. If they're not, then it makes total sense to repurpose it. You got a couple houses. You have Colony House, which is either exactly what it is, where it's like a communal home, or it's just a rich person's house, which either way, there is a lot of questions on where the town came from. And is it, does it exist outside of whatever we're in right now, or is this, like, just a, a place that you can get teleported to? Like, I would assume that, since the way that everyone got here was the same, that it's not someplace you can just stumble onto, like, walking through the woods. Boyd is at the post office police station, looking at a map. He tells Kenny to hold on the fort for a bit so he can visit his wife. The map is interesting in so much as they're keeping track of where everyone's from, but in terms of looking into more onto it, there's not much there. Like, it's cool to learn where people are from, but there's a lot of questions that we don't get asked. There's not, there's a lot of like, there should be more conversations of what year was it when you came here? Like, they need to make sure that the time is moving the same here as it was in the real world. And I don't think we've had those conversations yet. Jade enters the gas station, which is now a bar, and he talks to the bartender, Tom. Jade drinks the booze he's handled and spits it out, and Tom says it's potato vodka. Jade drinks the rest of it, and Tom asks about Jade's friend who got ate. Jade says that the people here are like rats in a maze, just sitting around nibbling cheese instead of trying to get out. And unless they know where they are, they can't escape. Jade throws darts around, saying that they don't even know where the bullseye is. Tom says that Jade is going to be the guy who figures it all out. And Jade just sold his company for a shit ton of money, thanks to a quantum algorithm. And he is supposed to be celebrating. Tom says that they're more like Schrodinger's cat. They are the cat, the town is the box, and all the loved ones on the outside are wondering if they're alive or dead. And then he admits that he taught intro to psychology. But he points to the radio and says, hey, you know, if you can get that working and the cat is able to transmit outside of the box, at least the people outside will know that it's alive. 
So Jade has decided that that's going to be his next task. Tabitha notices that Ethan's leg wound is healing faster than it should. And Ethan says one of the questions should be, is there anyone trying to help? Jim yells that he has a visitor. Sarah, armed with a scalpel now, has come to visit. Ethan says that they drew on the walls, and then invites her to play on the playground outside. So her and Sarah ride the merry-go-round. This is what I mean by, is time moving in the same speed as it is outside? Because you have Ethan having his leg heal up very fast, and then as the series progresses, Boyd gets more and more gray in his face, which, considering it's only about a week or two, it shouldn't happen that quickly. So I do think that there needs to be that conversation. of Is time moving differently here than it is in the outside world? Nathan goes to see Father Katri, but he's not in the church. Julie, Fatima, and Ellis arrive at the Brundles, which is a small pond. Ellis jumps in while Julie asks how Fatima can pretend that the town is normal. Fatima says that she didn't come to America until she was 11. She says while back at home, a bunch of men showed up while they were in her home country, and they were just about to head to a birthday party. The men got mad and started yelling. Her mother kept telling Fatima and her siblings to hide. She couldn't move because they were just laughing a minute ago, and the whole thing seemed very surreal. She says that they dragged her father outside and then shot him. And after you live through that, you can get used to being where monsters are, because monsters are everywhere. But she's never going to let them scare her again. Alice comes over and pulls Fatima into the water, and we head on over to see Tabitha, telling Jim that this is the most normal that Ethan has been since they got there. Sarah offered Ethan to go see the goats and chickens out of the barn. Sarah wants to take Ethan herself so she can slaughter him, but Tabitha says, I'll go with you, and they leave Jim behind. I do really like the sort of relationship building that we have. Obviously, Ellis, Fatima, and Julie making her sort of feel welcome there. You've got Sarah, although she's got all two real murders, trying to help Ethan to make him feel better. Like, they, they do try to make the newcomers feel like a part of the group. So I will give them that. Boyd visits his wife's grave, and Boyd tells her about Megan getting eaten, and then says his hand has started to shake, and it's the same as what his father went through. So the clock has started ticking on how long before it takes more fully. He says that Abby was always the problem solver, but he has a plan to get them out of here. The only thing is, if he fails, he's going to leave the people in this town in an even worse situation. But he says, if I know that I'm doing the right thing, I need you to give me a sign. He just wants to know if he gets that sign, that he should go forward with his plan, or if he should forget about it. We see the Father Katri is out in the field praying. Nathan asks if he says something to Katri, will it stay between them? And Katri, of course, says it stays between him and God. Sarah lets Ethan play with the goats while Tabitha watches. Sarah tells her it's okay to be sad and okay to be afraid. Tabitha says she does not want this new existence to be the new normal. She just wants to go home. Sarah says it's good that they have the talismans, and they're hiding places all over town, 
which is important to know where they are in case anything bad happens. She says, there's one in the barn. Why don't you come with me and I'll go ahead and show you. Katri stands up after Nathan tells him everything about Sarah, and they both head back to town to protect the people there. Sarah then takes Tabitha into the barn and opens a door, which she shows a hidden room behind. She then shoves Tabitha into the hiding spot and locks her in. Katri and Nathan go to the diner as Boyd walks up. He says if somebody asks for a sign, how will they know what they're looking for? Nathan calls up to Sarah, and Tom says she was heading to the barn with the Matthews boy. Sarah goes into the pen with Ethan and takes out the scalpel. Tabitha keeps screaming as Sarah says that she likes him, but what has to happen will make him the hero and allow everyone else to go home. Nathan arrives to stop her. Ethan kicks her in the leg and runs away. Nathan proceeds to grab her from behind, but Sarah turns and accidentally slices his throat. Nathan then drops to the ground dead. Ethan runs up to Julie. He does some really bad cry acting. I feel like you probably could have recorded over that again. Jim runs up to the barn and lets Tabitha out. Tabitha goes to find Ethan and Julie running up. Chrissy finds Nathan dead on the ground, and Katri looks at Boyd and everyone else proceed to walk back home. They're not doing great since Matthews arrived, that's for sure. We had the uh, two people die. And then the Matthews family show up, and Jade and his friend. His friend die. Kenny's father die. Gina is dead. They killed Frank. And now we have yet another body. So we're just racking them up, folks. Boyd stops the Matthews family to ask how they are. Jim asks where Sarah went, and Boyd says that if she comes back from the woods before dark, they will handle it. But if she doesn't come back to the woods, or back from the woods before it's dark, It'll be handled. Jim snaps at them for acting like the town is one big family, and Julie takes Ethan to his room to read to him. Tabitha asks for a marker, and she writes down, Did we survive the crash? Boyd sits down with Christy at the diner, and she mentions Sarah talking to her the night before. Boyd tells her this is not her fault. The scalpel she used was from the clinic, sure, but it wasn't Christy that brought them all to the town. And it wasn't her that put those ideas into Sarah's head. A few nights ago, Chrissy saved Ethan's life. And she's going to save much more before this is all done. He tells her to cut herself some slack. And the jukebox starts up playing If I Had a Boat. Which is the sign that Boyd was looking for. And it's time for him to get to planning. As the episode comes to an end. Very good episode. We are building towards more. Which is great. Um, yeah, so a lot of death in this episode, there was, uh, none of the creatures, which I can, I can be okay with, um, as long as it's not an, an every episode thing. And so far, it seems like we've taken Sarah off plate as a villain. Now she's still out there, but Everybody knows that she's not there to help anymore. Like, she literally killed her brother and was going to kill a little kid. So it takes away that element of her, you know, taking somebody out that isn't expecting it. And I'm a little over a lot of the series where, oh, the monsters are the least of your worries. It's actually the people that are bad. Like, 
I, there's so many shows out there now that have that where the creatures or the zombies or whatever else is out there is plays such a fucking fiddle to everything else that's important. Like they're they're an afterthought most of the time. And this here, they're not an afterthought. They are ever present danger, which is exactly what I want from the show. I want that to still be the main problem that they have to deal with. Now, Sarah's whole thing, it, it might be a different supernatural aspect to it, which I'm okay with, but I don't need there to be some big bad human behind everything. I would rather have it be either a big supernatural force or they're just creatures that are there and have that be what they have to struggle with all the time. So, next episode I'm hoping to get a return of the creatures and of course maybe learn a little bit more about them. Uh, but until then, thank you for listening. I'm going to go ahead and have another one of these up very quickly and hopefully I'll be able to Start covering the second season next week. But until then, bye-bye.